Hello, welcome back to Trusting God Through It All. I'm so thankful to be able to come again today and uh, encourage anyone who needs encouragement to share my story of learning to trust God no matter what. As I have been going through my struggles recently, um, been thinking about why it's so hard for people like me to trust God. You know, what is it that keeps us from trusting? And I kind of think about that in human terms. You know, what causes us to not trust somebody? Usually uh, it's because they've done something, right? They, they lie to us. Or they do something to hurt us. Uh, maybe take from us. But it's usually, uh, you know, we don't trust people because of something they've done. We have to kind of think now, okay, why, what has God done that would cause me to not trust him? And to be honest with you, he really hasn't done anything that would cause me to not trust him. In fact, if I'm reading the Bible, I have every reason to trust him. Um, I think sometimes we, we are thinking too much on our human level and interactions with people. And we kind of place them on God where they don't belong. It, you know, we have to remember that God is not a man that he should lie, right? He is completely real, genuine, sincere, completely loving, um, compassionate and kind, and slow to anger. We can read about all the attributes of God, and if we read it and believe it, we have every reason to fully trust him in every situation. You know, if you think of a, a little child and their parents, if the mom comes in and says, come on, get dressed, we're going here or there, the child just, I mean, hopefully, you know, an obedient child, not a rebellious one, would get dressed and, you know, excited to go and anywhere with the parent because why? They trust the parent. Um, they know the parent is taking care of them. The parent loves them. So that's, for me, where I believe I was struggling with trusting God. You know, about 12 years ago, it made sense to me because I switched from, um, I think it was the New American Standard Bible. I've read through the Bible three or four times. I know I read through it when I first gave my life back to God with the uh, NIV. And then I read it through with the New American Standard. And then I think the New Living Testament. But when I got the complete Jewish Bible, because I wanted to understand culturally um, the meaning of a lot of things and why, you know, uh, the phrases, different phrases, you know, they have intention. They have purpose um, written in the original language. And uh, a lot of times, it doesn't change the ultimate meaning of the message in the Bible, but it does help you to understand it a little bit more intimately, I think, when you, um, when you read it in the original language and, and the culture. So anyhow, that's why I got the complete Jewish Bible. And that's when I read so many verses that I had read before about faith, and never could really live it out. But the word was 
no longer faith. As it was written, it was trust. And I realized I am struggling to live my life by faith because I don't really trust God. I don't trust him. Now, if I look at my life, I was abandoned by my birth mother, um, put in an orphanage, living in a foster home, then getting adopted. And, um, you know, nothing is perfect in life. And my family that raised me wasn't perfect either. And so things happened there that, you know, made me doubt what love was. And um, just relationships with friends, people who would, you know, stab you in the back, talk about you behind your back. You know, just this life of not knowing what love was. Not really knowing what, what is what is that? What is that supposed to look like if somebody really loves you? Um, you know, being cheated on. I mean, you can just go through the whole broken mess of humanity and realize that we don't know what love is because nobody knows how to show what real love is. And so when we come to God... This God who loves us so much that he gave his life to set us free from that brokenness. We want to believe it. But because of our experience, right, we don't really know if we can. And I know I've heard so many testimony from men and women whose earthly father um, was not a good person. They were not a loving person. They were at times, um, for some people, very hurtful, abusive and mean and so how can they trust this heavenly father um who they can't see right he's not tangible i mean this is why it's hard for so many people to trust god but there's such a reward when we make up our mind that we're going to trust him we're going to trust what the word of god says about him And we're going to believe that he's going to reveal himself to us. The Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who first of all believe that he is and who seek him. So that's what I really want to talk about today. And I want to encourage you that if you've been struggling with trusting God in your life, that you would first go back to this foundation of really asking him to show you why you don't believe that he loves you or if you believe I don't know maybe you do um but ask him you know he will he'll lead us if we seek him through quiet reflection and prayer he will show us what is getting in the way of our trusting him because that's what he wants for us he wants us to believe the verse that says that God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called He wants us to live our life believing that because it is a great testimony for those around us and uh, it proves his character. He wants people to trust him because of his great love for us. You know, think uh, think back to the time of the beginning that we know of in the Garden of Eden. He created this beautiful place. And then he created humans to live with him, to, to fellowship with him there in that place. And he, gave, he created everything for them and gave them authority over creation. And he just told them one thing. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree that's in. And so essentially, we all know what happened. Most people know, right? They rebelled, which means basically they rejected his love. They rejected trusting him they decided to do things their own way and 
pursue what they thought was better. And we can read that and think, how dumb were they? But pretty sure it would have happened no matter who (laughs) was created. And we can see God's love from that that very first act of rebellion. Because he doesn't, you know, he said on the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Like they didn't die right away. And God could have killed them right on the spot. He's the one that gave them life. He could have taken it right then. But he didn't. Did they surely die? Yes, they surely did die. But it was a long, drawn-out process. Um, They were meant to live forever with God. But they chose a different way. And so they had to taste death. And even in that, you know, knowing God had to send them out of this perfect place so they could no longer eat from the tree of life, um... They had tried to cover their nakedness and, and, you know, pathetic little fig leaves, and God made for them a better covering. You know, he was, he was kind in doing that. That's loving. And he still invited them to be part of creation because he told them to go be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So we can see right from the beginning a God of love. When Cain and Abel, um, Adam and Eve's sons, were what we hear, what we know of them, they, uh, Cain, God went to him and said to him, hey, um, you know, what's going on with you? And, you know, God could see that something wasn't right. And he tells him, he warns him, he gives him advice. That's love. Sin is waiting to control you, but you can overcome it. Cain doesn't listen. He rejects. He doesn't trust God. And he does things his way and he allows. He gives in to this anger and this sin and whatever it was that got him to kill his own brother. And so God comes again and, and has to, you know, bring discipline and punishment to this rebellion and this evil. I mean, killing somebody's evil. And even in his, you know, punishment, when Cain complains that it's too harsh, God lovingly says, I won't let anybody do anything to you. I won't let anybody else harm you. You know, he's still showing love and mercy in my opinion, to someone who doesn't deserve it, right? I mean, he killed his own brother. What do you, why are you letting him off the hook? But God is a God of love and mercy. And it's been evident all through the scriptures and all through um, the stories of the children of God that we read through the Bible. You know, Abraham and, and Sarah, God promised them, you know, a son in their old age and they didn't trust God they didn't wait they did it their own way they they tried um you know they did not trust in what God said and so we can see that we're just as dysfunctional as everybody else throughout the history of the Bible and there's no reason for us to not trust God he's perfectly trustworthy he's faithful he's good Um, He has a plan. He provides. Um, He does everything for us if we choose to trust him and live according to his ways. So if we're struggling in our life right now to trust God, it could be because we're not believing in his love for us and that he's always doing what's best for us even when he allows and I know this uh, I hear this so much from so many people 
that God is, this one person I used to know would say that God is not in control. Because if God was in control, that means he was allowing bad things to happen. And I just, I, I would go round and round with her on this. And it's like, if God's not in control, then I don't want, I can't trust him. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, even when, when evil happens, God is still in control of the overall picture of things. He allows people to make their choices and, and to do what they choose to do. He, he's not controlling us, but he is definitely, most definitely in control of the outcome of people's decisions. I, I can't explain it any more than that. But if he's not, if I, could, if I can't trust in that, then I can't trust God. He's nobody. He's, he, he has, if, he's just nobody. He doesn't have power at that point. Anyhow, um, God does allow people, all of us, to make our choices and our decisions. And I think a lot of times that's what keeps us from trusting him. You know, we're attributing the actions of um, wicked human beings and um, imperfect human beings. And, and, we're, and we're putting that guilt, so to speak, on God. And saying, you know, because these people are doing this, I can't trust God. Which, when you listen to it in that way, it sounds silly. Because people are broken, because people are wicked, I most definitely need to trust God. I have to because it's what keeps me grounded. It keeps me sane. Um, it keeps me believing. It keeps me hoping uh, that someday God is going to make all things new and everything is going to be um, avenged, if you want to call it that. But he is, he is going to deal with the wicked. He is going to deal with those who choose to do evil in his eyes. So I have to trust that. Because otherwise, you know, I have, I have nothing to hope in. I have to believe that his love for me will keep me. Um, even when I, have to, I may go through um, a horrible ordeal at the hands of another person. I mean, I think persecution's coming um, to everyone who calls on the name of Jesus. I think that we are going to suffer persecution on many levels in America, in the Western world, that other people in other parts of the world have been experiencing for a long time. Those people who are martyred for their faith, does that mean that God failed them somehow? That that they shouldn't have put their trust in him? Absolutely not. Their trust is in God himself and that he will be there with them through the suffering. That he, I mean, I've heard stories of, of missionaries who had so much peace and felt so close to God through their imprisonment and their time of torture. That's when God became the most real to them. He didn't keep them from that painful time, but he was with them through it. He went, I mean, Jesus himself went through it. So we can trust that if we're going to go through it, we're going to come out of it on the other side, just like he did. So it's, it's what we're wanting God to be, I think, ultimately, that we will, that can determine whether or not we're going to trust him. You know, if people are wanting God to be some sort of a genie in a bottle or a butler to do everything that they ask him to do and then the way that they want him to do it, and he doesn't do it, they're not going to trust him. 
But if people just trust in the character of God and what the word of God says about him and what history has been written that we have that's been written about him and how he interacted with people and we can see his character and we can see his consistent pattern of love and mercy and grace, then we know that we can trust him. Jesus said in Matthew 9 to some blind people that he was healing, let it happen to you according to your trust. You know, when he, um, his disciples couldn't cast out a demon, even though he had given them authority to heal the sick and, and to set people free from demonic oppression and all, uh, they couldn't do it. And they asked why. And he said, because of your lack of trust. Um, when in his hometown, the people there, you know, scoffing at him and, and not really believing in who he was because they thought they knew who he was, right? They had this perception that he was just the carpenter's son and Mary's son, you know. The, so they were kind of um, offended by who he was showing himself to be at that point. And it says that because of their lack of trust, he did few miracles there. So really... I think it's important for us to trust God, to choose to trust him, no matter what's going on. You know, think of Job and all that Job went through simply because Satan asked God if he could sift him to prove that Job wouldn't stay faithful to God. God knew Job would, so God allowed it. Um, Jesus told Peter that Satan asked to sift him. And, uh, you know, we all know the story. Peter denies Christ three times, but Jesus comes back after he's resurrected from the dead and goes to Peter and encourages him and reinstates him basically to where he was. And, and you know, Jesus, Jesus trusted Peter. You know, he came back to him. And Jesus trusted Peter. I think that's pretty awesome. But in that, Peter's faith in his trust in who Christ was. And not, not just that, but for me, he trusted in Christ's love for him because of that forgiveness that he extended him. He knew he had denied him after saying he would never. But Christ came back to him and told him what he wanted him to do, what he had called him to do. And Peter trusted in that love. You know, that's what we have to come back to. We have to believe in his love for us. Once we believe that, then it makes it a whole lot easier for us to trust him. We can't think that he loves like the people that we have known. He doesn't love us like our parents or our spouse or friends. He loves us perfectly, unconditionally, eternally. And we can trust in that. And once we know that we can trust in that, we will trust him through whatever he asks us to go through. Or whatever we have to endure simply because we live in a broken world. We will always come back to, I'm trusting God through this. My hope is in God, not in man. So if you're struggling with trusting God, ask him to show you why. Spend some time alone with him in reflection and ask him to show you why. Confess anything you may need to confess, any lack of faith, any doubt, any anger, any unforgiveness, whatever it could be that's keeping you from really trusting God. And I just want to encourage you. He is a God of love. He loves you no matter what you've done, no matter 
you know, what your, your fears are, no matter your doubts, God is loving you right where you are. And he is able to carry you through whatever it is he's asking you to go through. Trust him in it. Yeah, it might be difficult. Uh, we may experience hard times, but we can, that doesn't mean that God is not trustworthy. We can trust him to help us get through anything because he loves us no matter what. That's what we have to put our hope in. So I hope that encourages you today. Um, think about reading the word of God more, really reflecting on his kindness and his mercy and his grace as you read through the stories and see how the people that failed, right? We, we can go through and read all these stories about how people just disobeyed, did things their own way, sinned, you know, so many stories in there. I'm so thankful for them because I can look at their life and then see God's response to it and know that in my life, in all my imperfections, and in all my struggles and all my trials, God is the same God today as he was back then. And he does still respond with love and mercy and grace. The Bible tells us his love endures forever. Let's trust in that so that we can live a life of trust and help others to do the same. I hope this episode encouraged you. And I hope that you'll share it with others who need uh, some encouragement to trust God and to trust in his love. Until next time, shalom.